With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. question and just uh just that big fight that we're going to get to i'll let you uh do the official particulars but uh yeah we're going to spend a lot of time on this i want to hear predictions and uh thoughts about venue and all that stuff so uh happy monday saved by the bell right so if you want to call in 347-215-7598 once again 347-215-7598 at Steve Kim, UCN Live, and at Gabriel underscore Montoya. If you want to join us, ask us a question, question, comment, or critique on Twitter. The president is already lined up on the cube. Let's get started with round number one. It was officially announced this afternoon, just several hours ago. Folks, mark your calendars and get on orbit in Hotels.com. Canelo Golovkin 2, the rematch, is done for May 5th. As for the venue... Gabe, let's be real. I'm going to do a story on it. We're all going to brandy it about. We're all going to speculate. But at the end of the day, would you be stunned if this rematch ended up anywhere else but in Las Vegas, more specifically the T-Mobile Arena? I would be really surprised. I mean, it just seems like Vegas has everything that, uh, in terms of taxes, uh, in terms of the money that if site is willing to offer, uh, logistics for uh, you know HBO, all of it. It just seems like it has everything uh, that that all the other cities have, but not in the same manner, uh, not to the same degree. Uh, so it's going to be Vegas, man. It's going to be the T-Mobile. I think it's going to be an even better fight than the first fight. Uh, I don't know if Golovkin can change all that much, except uh, his, the amount of urgency, maybe the punches he lets go. And I think Canelo. Uh, has gotten over a big hump. He faced a huge power puncher, and he's still standing to tell the tale. Uh, I think he can build a lot from from the first fight. I think it's going to be a tremendous fight at an event uh, and just shows how healthy boxing is becoming worldwide as opposed to, oh, it does great in Europe, but in America it's still kind of ailing. This is a huge super fight, a true super fight. So I'm excited. So there you have it. May 5th, the rematch is done, according to Tom Loeffler. The pen and paper 
touched each other on Saturday night at the Forum when they got together, him, Eric Gomez, and Oscar De La Hoya during the HBO card, and it was announced earlier this afternoon. So, again, venue is TBA, but I think you can make an assumption it would be a huge upset if it did not land in the 702. So let's get started with round number one from the Forum. It was boxing after dark. Or was it boring after dark? For the WBA welterweight title, Lucas Matisse stops Tiwa Kiram in eight. And Jorge Linares decisions Mercito Hesta over 12 rounds, 118-110 twice, 117-111. Gabe Tiwa Kiram was no secret set so wrong beside. I was disappointed by his performance. He didn't fight like your classic prototypical tie. He, he tried the box that was very, very cautious and hesitant. Never really stepped on his punches. But at the same time, I think it's clear. Lucas Matisse gave, despite the ending, this is no longer the machine of 2010 to 2013. It looks to me like he's lost a few inches off the fastball. Uh, yeah, you know, in looking back at, at Kiram, you know, uh, he was knocking dudes out, but it was this kind of, he was slow. That was the thing that I really noticed. Yeah, he was big. But he didn't bring like explosive power. It was kind of like heavy-handed, wrecks you slowly over the course of, of several rounds kind of power. Uh, technically sound, but yeah, just not very quick of foot or hand. Uh, and that was evident here. But I felt like Matisse had a puzzle in front of him, a guy that with that size and, and those heavy hands, he had to think about a little bit. He said he didn't feel his power, but I think that always, you know, uh, to have him be hesitant the way he was, I think it was a little bit of, of Kiram at least, at least uh, uh, early on. But Man, that was not a good fight. I love your, your name of your column, Boring After Dark. It was definitely brutal after dark as well. It was just like, let's get this over with. And, and luckily, we had a merciful, if not kind of strange, delayed reaction ending. I saw people banning about the idea that, uh, that Kiram maybe took a dive. But I, I think it was just one of those shots. It took a, a second for his legs to go out from him. But uh, where does Matisse go from here? I, I saw you throw out particularly you know, Manny Pacquiao. Uh, he he seems to want the the rematch with Danny Garcia, which you know I'm all for. I don't know if that can actually happen the way that we've got that tri universe thing going in boxing. Uh, where, where do you see it hap- uh, going next for the machine? I have to be very honest. As someone who coined the moniker the machine, who's always been an admirer of Lucas Martin Matisse, uh, I see him as still a somewhat marketable guy as a B side. But if you were to ask me, Steve, despite having some version of a regular WBA belt, do you think he's a elite marquee welterweight in 2018? My, my blunt answer would be no. Um, hmm. I get the sense he's going to be matched maybe against another Golden Boy in-house fighter, maybe a Mauricio Herrera. That fight was actually talked about last year. I think Francisco Chia Santana would make for a decent fight. Uh, the problem is, Gabe... When you start thinking about the welterweights, and you say, what about Errol Spence? That's a terrible fight for him right now, in my opinion. Even a Sean Porter would be a very, very tough, rugged style. And those guys are on the other side of the street at the PBC, which is going completely in-house for the first half of the year, and we'll talk about that more later. Matisse, I'm happy for him. He can call himself a world champion in many respects. It's kind of the cherry on top of what's been a very, very colorful, accomplished career. Uh, But it's clear. We have already seen the best of him, that the prime of Lucas Matisse is in his rearview mirror. 
And I, I don't know what you really do with him, to be honest with you, at that time. That, that's for Golden Boy to decide. And Gabe, Jorge Linares, at age 32, I think it's time for a defining fight. And I've made a few phone calls to both Bob Arum and Eric Gomez. I've also heard in the background, there is real talk, and I believe a legitimate chance for Linares to defend his WBA lightweight title against Vosfil Lomachenko. I think the time is now. I think everyone involved needs to make that fight. You know, uh, we knew we were in trouble heading into the fight when the fight's excitement level being dependent on, you know, uh, Mercito Hesta stepping up the aggression and cutting off the ring and, and maybe taking some chances. Uh, you know, it happened in spots, I guess, but Linares is just too much for him. And, and Linares is that guy that, uh, you know, if he can box and, and get away with that, he's going to do that. And, and uh, it wasn't the most exciting thing in the world, but, but he certainly is just a, a cut above. And I think it's going to take a, a Lomachenko to, 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 bring out the best in him and I think it's a great fight I think it's winnable for either side I think Freddie Roach even said that Lenaris is a guy that could, that could win that kind of fight and even beat a Mikey Garcia on on any given night uh so I'd say make it ne- next and you're absolutely right there, there's just so many miles on that odometer and it was a pretty shaky car to begin with so Lenaris needs to make a move and HBO listen like Diana Ross said once said sung set me free why don't you babe if Linares needs to go to ESPN to make the Lomachenko fight, because that's where it's the biggest platform and perhaps even more money, you got to do it. And I know that HBO is in a position where their main content provider is Golden Boy Promotions because of the presence and the influence of Sal Alvarez. But there comes a point in time where you got to say, you know what, we'd rather do better fights and to perhaps, I don't want to say burn bridges, but make everyone aware that there is a standard to the branding of HBO boxing. I mean, Gabe, I was there Saturday night. It was a better than expected crowd. Half of it was curtained off at the forum. So there was a lot of linen being shown, but as I'm there, the one thing that was very apparent to me, the live audience was very restless and it was just kind of a dreary atmosphere for much of the night. This is not what I expect from the Boxing After Dark franchise. Hmm. Did, did it, it kind of show you just how old the building is? Like, all of a sudden, it, it wasn't nostalgic. It was kind of decrepit. You know, it, it, that's how a card can, can, can turn on you like that. And, I, you know, you were the one that, that got me to read Tenny Brenner's book. And just those ideas about promoting and what the garden was. Uh, that HBO should treat itself that way, that only the best fights get in this room and fights that matter to the division that aren't just these gimme showcase fights, like never make those kind of fights and never make fights that you, you wouldn't want to go see. This, this was not that. And, and you, you know, once again, you saw, you know, boxing fans love to complain, but in this case, you know, it, it should be exciting and it should matter. Uh, th- this, this card wasn't that. Uh, well, I, I don't know this what, gets into our next subject is that I get why Showtime, which announced uh, an expansive 2018 first-half schedule, and again, we'll, we'll touch on that more later. So you could say, well, Steven Espinosa has a full lineup. His dance card is filled. He doesn't need the World Boxing Super Series. Well, you look at HBO, this is a fact. This is not an opinion, Gabe. After this past weekend, what they have on the books is – February 24th, Superfly, which, by the way, thumbs up. I think me and you both like that card. March 3rd, 
Sergey Kovalev against <laughs> a TBA, kind of a jag, just another guy. But B-ball, Sully B, thumbs up. That's a good fight. Gabe, that's the extent of their spring schedule. Uh, and so let's, let's head into round number two here from Latvia, uh, Riga, Latvia, the semifinals of the Cruiserweight Tournament of the World Boxing Super Series. Oleksandr Usyk is now the WBO and WBC Cruiserweight title with a tough, hard-earned, well-deserved 12-round decision over Maris Bredis. And we'll talk about just the fight for this particular moment. Gabe, I, I, again, I don't think it was Holyfield Cowie won. But I thought it was an excellent professional prize fight. And I'm very lucky I found a stream that actually worked because I enjoyed the hell out of those 36 minutes. Oh, yeah. It, it uh, just what a fight. You know, it, it, uh, it was a classic matchup, a bit of a brawler and Bredis, you know, uh, against uh, a kind of a boxer puncher in Usyk. Well, I, I think Usyk's game is really smoothing out as a pro. He's really learning to live behind that jab, but also be able to take chances and, and set up the, the, the rear cross. Uh, you know, his, his, his uh, conditioning level is clearly a, at a high. And these are, you know, all, all these fights are VADA tested. I believe the, the camps are, are, are being tested. So it's, uh, you can kind of trust what you're seeing. The whole package is, is really nice. All of that whole ring of light around the, the boxing ring. Yeah. Uh, but the fight itself, uh, I just, uh, I thought Usyk clearly won. But, you know, Bredis, he just doesn't have a jab. Uh, doesn't really want to set up his big shots. He said he was just winging all night long, and and Usyk very disciplined took advantage of it, uh, even though it went away in some spots. Overall, they were fighting his fight. Good stuff. In my view, Usyk won about one sixteen to one twelve. But again, we were in the backyard yeah. of Bradis, and if you take the hometown exchange rate, this is how you get it. If Usyk does not win the twelfth round on one judge's card, this fight is a draw which I think would have left a bad taste in everyone's mouth because, listen, Bredis fought well. Very brave, very composed effort, hung in there, had his moments. He didn't win this fight. Usyk, in my view, Gabe, I don't know if you agree with me or not, he's still only 14 fights in, but the last fight or two, I'm beginning to see a guy whose professional style is evolving. Do my slanted eyes deceive me? No, not at all. I mean, I love the, I love his punching frame, the way he sticks that jab, double jabs it, uh, mixes it up to the stomach and then upstairs or, or the reverse of that. Um, he's becoming more diverse in his attack. And I love his, you know, his defense. It's not always, you know, catch and counter. A lot of times he's just kind of closing the gates and, and, and blocking punches. You know what it is? It's hmm. big Ukrainian winky rights when he goes into that turtle <laughs> shell. And yes. if he ever faces a real puncher, that can be an issue. And, Gabe, I love the fact, and I thought he actually underused one punch or two facets. One was the uppercut from the backside. I thought that was wide open against Bredis, who was very squared up at times. I also yes. thought that if Usyk would have concentrated a little bit more to the body, he could have probably scored a late-round stoppage. But, again, this is the word I always use. Is his style evolving as a pro? And I think that is certainly the case with Usyk, who seems to be a guy who's living up to the hype and now is in the finals of the World Boxing Super Series. And he'll face the winner this Saturday from Russia. Oh, talk about Saturday Night Fever. Now, here's a fight. It's going to be bombs away, as I said on Twitter earlier today. NATO will not be sanctioning this war. Junior Dortikos and Murat Gassiev, the WBA and IBF Cruiserweight titles are in action. Gabe? Who are you tabbing in this fight? 
Oh, man. I, I haven't made a pick yet. I mean, I like Gassiev, you know, but then Dortikos has got crazy heavy hands, nice boxing style. Like I, I kind of lean towards his straighter punches because Gassiev can get squared up, uh, you know, but one guy's 31, you know, Dortikos, uh, and, and Gassiev's in his, he's not even in his prime at 24. Uh, differential, they're both 6'3", around 80-inch reaches. I, I haven't really made a pick. I, I lean toward Tor- Dortico. I like that, that crazy power that he seems to have. I think it's real. Uh, you look at his record. and, and But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of like toss a coin. Give me Dorticos right now, but I may change my mind. Hmm. I reserve the right. You know, I'm going to go with my big bear bias. Uh, Abel Sanchez was, seems to be very confident about this. And he told me a story that when Kalinga was in camp at the summit a couple of years ago, who actually took a lot of shots from Dorticos, he said, Steve, Kalenga wouldn't even spar with Gassiev. And, he, and in my view, whoever is knocked mm. off the pitcher's mound against their will, in other words, whoever has to take it into reverse gear is at a huge disadvantage because both guys want to be front-foot fighters, especially Gassiev. Yes. But the only question I have about Murat, he can pitch. And he brings the high heat. He is Nolan Ryan. But can he catch? And the way both guys specifically react to punches up top, to me, is going to tell the whole story. But just the fact that we're talking about this fight and there's such mystery and anticipation shows you a lot about how this series, if not a commercial success in the U.S., has been a critical one across the world. And, Gabe, going back to my HBO um, point, how much better would the HBO schedule currently look with the World Boxing Super Series in both the cruiserweight and super middleweight divisions? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've saw people talking about that this weekend, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily on HBO that it's not on there. Um, the, what are the major partners of the this the Super Series, which I think is great. I think it looks great. I think it's great for boxing. It, those are two divisions that don't get enough attention, uh, and 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 here they are getting uh, all kinds of you know great fights. But Richard Schaefer is a part of it, and you know if for a guy that that was valued, you know partnerships with corporations and businesses to you know uh, sponsorship deals for Golden Boy, he's great at that. He didn't value. Uh, the relationship that he had to his own company and to its company's namesake, Oscar De La Hoya. I think people look at that and remember that. He was the CEO of a company, and he basically had a shadow company going for years within it, and then he helped to try to golden parachute out by selling to that shadow guy, uh, Al Heyman, and then go start off some other company. And he, he's been, he was out of the sport because of it. And it's not like he was contrite. I've seen a lot of his interviews he blames the media for blowing it out of uh, proportion and thinks we, we, we played everything up and it's all our fault. And he was already combative with the media before that. So I, I think it's on HBO. It's not on HBO that he's not on there. I think it'd be great. But, I mean, you know, just Google Richard Schaefer HBO. And the first thing that comes up is Richard Schaefer, January 26th, 2017, telling the boxing voice, Richard Schaefer, HBO has prevented fights from happening. And, you know, you can go all the way back to 2013 when they ended their relationship with Golden Boy and when, when uh, HBO did, when he was running that company. Uh, I think it, you can point right there to it. I can't, answer, I can't speak to why he's not on Showtime. Maybe you want to ask Al Heyman. Yeah, in other words, Gabe, he has burned more bridges than General Sherman through Atlanta. And he himself <laughs> has 
has said that there is politics and boxing that's keeping this series off of American television. But, you know, when he makes that statement, and he actually made it to me, and I have a pretty good relationship with Rich, there's a lot of people in boxing that will also tell you that he leveraged those relationships five, six, seven years ago. So what's that old phrase, Gabe? You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Um, my the understanding is that the World Boxing Super Series will stream same time as last week, but, but I just have a request for the World Boxing Super Series because we said a lot of good things. We've been very complimentary. Get your S together. You have millions of dollars invested into this, and they can't do a proper stream on YouTube, and there were glitches all over, and people were, ahem, searching all over the radio to find a way to watch Usyk and Bratis. Guys, yeah. um, do your part. Come on. I, I don't. There's no excuse to... You know, do it on Twitch TV or YouTube or Facebook. There's a million different streaming platforms. OBS, you can run it from your damn computer and like a few, you know, uh, cameras hooked to it. It's, it's, it's streaming has become pretty user-friendly. So I think, you know, rather than complaining, I'm not saying maybe Richard Schaefer is, and I don't have a relationship with him anymore. Um, but, you know, rather than worrying about HBO and Showtime, kind of follow the path of that, that Oscar has helped blaze in the United States and that the UK did years before us is that you take it to the internet, create your own website and, and yeah, make sure your streaming is great. Make that the gateway to your product uh, because that's the future anyways. Moving on with the next round, we'll take your calls in about 10 minutes, three, four, seven, two, one, five, seven, five, nine, eight. It's the next round with Gabriel Montoya and Steve Kim. Last week, Showtime announced its first half schedule for 2018. They have nine events from February 17th all the way to mid-June. Gabe, your thoughts on the overall schedule, and what are some of the things that stand out to you? Um, I'm definitely circling Wilder Ortiz. I think it's a great fight. I've always liked the fight. Um, it's now got some real animosity in it uh, on top of everything else. And uh, we're going to find out who Deontay Wilder is really at a top level. Cause I think that's how good Ortiz is. And, and, and that guy gets his last raw shot at a world title against a champion that, you know, many people feel is, is paper. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's paper. I think he's flawed, which makes him exciting. So I circle that fight. Uh, Laura Hurd, I think is going to be a fun uh, uh, fight. Could be like a, a, a Cotto Margarito grinder of a fight. Uh, and Stevenson Jack is just that's that's steak and potatoes right there. I, I think you know Stevenson gets his comeuppance uh, if Jack is is as good as I think he is, but I don't think it's going to be easy. So those three right off the bat, I want to see uh, those TBAs yeah. better turn into somebody real, not uh, not Tom Bob Anderson, uh, you know, from the box rack special. Well, one of those is Gravanta Davis facing TB, and it looks like it's going to be Billy Dib, which was pretty much a done deal. That that's an IBF eliminator. Also, Sean Porter, Gary Russell, guys of that ilk are still going to be added on to a couple of these cards. But, but I give Showtime credit. Now, listen, I don't like the fact it's all PBC in-house fights because it doesn't leave room for intersectional matchups, as they, they would say in college football. But I think overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give this Showtime schedule what a seven and a half, which I think is pretty good by today's standards, given the separate and sometimes unequal universes that exist. And my question is, in the second half of the year, can you make fights that are cross-pollinated? I think that's the big question for the sport of boxing. 
And I know this much is clear, Gabe. Showtime is making a clear investment into their boxing franchise. I don't know if you could say that for HBO. Yeah, I think HBO is floundering uh, without a vision. You know, they're kind of stuck in the past. Uh, They've got, you know, Triple G, so they're kind of writing that, and Canelo, they're writing that. But there's not, uh, you know, anything really exciting. It doesn't seem to be – I mean, I guess they've invested in the middleweight division, and and maybe in 2018 we'll see that all play out. See, you know, after we get past this kind of flagship fight in May, uh, we'll see what the end of the year is. Maybe it's, it's the third fight between them. Uh, maybe somebody gets knocked out and needs a break, and so the other guy finishes out against a Danny Jacobs or somebody of that ilk. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, but Showtime, you know, and, and speaking of, of Burnt Bridges, I'm speaking of one of my own. Uh, I got to personally congratulate Steven Espinoza, who's uh, now been uh, promoted to president over there at uh, Showtime. Uh, he's going to make, uh, I think, you know, probably even more aggressive moves, uh, robust moves uh, for the health of the sport. And I think, like what you're saying, you know, it's got to be filling in those dates with significant fights that, that cross-pollinate. You know, put some money on the table and, and let's see Spence Crawford. Uh, or at least, you know, well, I don't even know. Is Spence locked in? Are these guys all locked into Showtime? How can that happen? Does, does, does the, yeah. the ESPN guy have yeah. to go to, over to Showtime? Uh, that all remains to be seen, but that would be nice. And, and by the way, Keith Thurman, I don't like the smoke signals he's coming out from his TP. First of all, he says, Jesse Vargas is a little bit too tough for me. I'm going to take a tune-up. And I, I give him points for honesty, but there was a, uh, a collective groan from the boxing world when he says, flat out, I'm not fighting Errol Spence in 2018. I just I don't know what to say at this point, except it's one of those careers that's happening. It had significance at one point. Now, guess what? I find him completely uninteresting in every single way. Well, he's got two belts, so I guess he can speak from a position of power, but, you know, he's at that point where the WBA is making an interim belt, you know. And I heard that if Matisse didn't win, uh, the WBA was going to grant Rigo uh, a belt and then strip him of it. Uh, but that's, <laughs> uh, that's an unconfirmed story. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Keith – to me, what that said is that elbow injury it was worse than, and surgery is worse than we thought, and he doesn't have any confidence in that arm. And so it's going to take him a while to get that confidence. And uh, the way Al moves, it's hard to, to plan. But I can understand a guy being out and coming back from injury, not wanting to get in with Spence next. I don't understand not wanting to fight all year, but you know, unless, of course, that elbow really sucks. So uh, we'll see. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Gabe Montoya, Steve Kim on the next round. We go to the Twitter timeline. Of course, we start off with the president, Andrew V. Kennedy, who says, based on what you saw on Saturday, who do you believe would give Usyk the toughest competition in the World Boxing Super Series Finals, Dortico's or Gassiev? Gabe, based on the fact that Usyk does that high – Turtle shell guard. I think that'd be suicide to leave those type of dead spots and opportunities for Gassiev, who I believe pound for pound is one of the heaviest hitters in all of boxing. I think either either guy is a problem because you know Dortico's too. I mean, he's got decent wheels uh, and give you some angles. He's coming from a boxing place, but you know, 22 wins, 21 knockouts, no losses. Uh, it's kind of scary. 
So I think either guy could could really trouble him. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that uh, Junior Dortikos uses his jab more might give him an edge in that fight. But Gassiev's mm-hmm. both these guys are monsters. <laughs> big drama show. What's the bigger event date, May or September for the rematch, and will it matter? I, I don't really think it does. Those are the two traditional dates, Mexican holidays that are now traditional dates for Canelo Alvarez. But, Gabe, if it's going to be in Vegas and it's a Mexican holiday – you know, I hope Golovkin and his team understand one thing. You're getting paid more money to basically start this show 2 nothing down in rounds. That's the price that they're getting. There, there's a price for everything. It reminds me of when Marvin Hagler finally got the fight against Ray Leonard, and he gave up certain concessions like the size of the ring, size of the glove, the number of rounds, because he wanted to be paid a bigger guarantee than Ray Leonard. And Gabe, even that came at a cost. Yeah, that's that's you know how it goes sometimes. It's it's interesting. I mean, you know, the Triple G wants these big fights, but then yeah, it kind of you you kind of get in somebody else's uh, you know gravitational pull now, and you're not really doing your own career. You're now in in, in Canelo's orbit. So uh, I'm I don't know. I'm really curious about that fight, and I, I'm I'm wondering if Triple G is just getting old before our eyes, or the miles are showing the way they did with Hagler all of a sudden, but I'm actually more excited for the second fight than I'm the first fight. Well, listen, he's 35 years old. And and if people say, Hey, he's not the guy he was five years ago. Guess what? None of us are. That's the natural progression. And unless you're juiced up, you generally decline in your mid thirties, not ascend physically. And he has been doing drug testing for a good three, four years. So if you say, Steve, there's, there seems to be erosion of physical skills or he's not at his peak or apex, uh, I would not disagree. I mean, Doug Fisher said last year or so he thinks that the absolute apex where it's going to go slowly downhill, not necessarily off a cliff for Golovkin, was the Lumieux fight. Well, that Lumieux fight was in October of 2015. Here's a question from James. Grade the ceviche from the form tailgate one through five, and what do you guys think of Linares? Loma. Well, first of all, the ceviche that I had at the Mr. Boxing Guru's tailgate extravaganza at the forum on a scale of 1 to 10 was an 8. And first of all, before that, I want to give Inglewood's finest, the security and the policemen, their credit because technically you're really not allowed to tailgate at the forum. But unlike at the StubHub Center, which has become a bit of a buzzkill in that regard, these guys were just like, make sure you clean up and get out of the way of the cars, and we're not going to see a damn thing. And to that I say, dilly dilly. Now, as for Lenares Loma, if you make that fight, and the two dates that Aram mentioned to me, because they're already on the ESPN top-ranked calendar, are April 28th or May 12th. Gabe, could you imagine a scenario for boxing where you have those two fights, Lenares Loma, and Golovkin Canelo too going on consecutive weekends. That's a hell of a statement by the sport of boxing. That's huge. Uh, you know, as you're saying it, I'm 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 sitting here thinking, is Lenares Loma a good fight? High level boxers, but will it you know, will they will it be combustible, you know? You know, I think it would be better than the Rigo fight just on size and Lomachenko is regarded as one of the top three fighters in the world. 
Linares is regarded as one of the top two lightweights in the world. Skill level off the charts. Both guys very stylish and elegant. And fans want to see it. Now, does that guarantee a legendary night? No. But people want to see the fight. And the overall point, and this is one of my mission statements of 2018, is to keep pressing home this statement or this uh, point. We need to have fights made where people reach across the aisles. It just cannot be in-house central. Okay, we got that this past weekend at the forum, and it was dreary. What you would have in Golovkin, Canelo, Loma, Linares are four significant fighters of varying degrees in game. You know what the great thing is? All four are with different promoters. Huh. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, we can finally say that you're biased, but it's, uh, you know, towards good fights. Because that's, uh, that's what that is. You know, all the, the more promoters work together, uh, the, the more you know quality cards we're going to get, the more nights uh, unlike uh, boring after dark last Saturday we'll get. We've got to cross pollinate. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And here's one from I am very feel. <laughs> a salute to Alexander Usyk. Who do you think has a better <laughs> chance of success at heavyweight if they move up after this tourney, Gossiev or Usyk? Huh. It's an interesting question. Um, I kind of was looking at Usyk, you know, maybe it's Andre Ward. I don't know. Um, what do you think about the idea? Dave brought this up, actually. Uh, he's mentioned this before. We even saw this picture of Andre Ward uh, saying we're doing something special, and he's waited at 199 uh, in the offseason here, uh, that he'll take on the winner of the, the cruiserweight tourney. That's what Dave thinks. Yeah, I've also heard the name Tony Bellu, so Andre Warren, didn't he say it's all muscle? <laughs> That's interesting. So so he's basically saying, I've put on nothing but 25 pounds of lean muscle in just several months. That's that's what he said, right? That's what he admitted, right? It's not me and you saying. He said it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, okay, okay, anyway, <laughs> uh, next tweet from Tommy Boxeo. Hey, Steve, what's your take on The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, being the first to break the news of the Canelo-Golovkin rematch? Well, first of all, I, I never thought I'd get scooped by The Rock, who, who, by the way, played at the U, backed up Warren Sapp. But I thought it was a nice little twist because, let's face it, Gabe, it if, if it was me or let's say even Dan Raphael or the bigger platform or um, Chris Mannix, yeah, the, the, the hardcore boxing fan would retweet it, like it, spread the word. Um, I, I'll be the first to tell you. The Rock has a few more followers than any of us. <laughs> I think it was actually a clever move, to be honest with you. <laughs> like about 20 or 30, right? Million? Yeah, just yeah. 20 or 30 <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it was clever. You know, I thought it was very clever. Oh, it's, I mean, you know, rock, The Rocks could be huge. People are talking about The Rock running for, uh, at least for vice president uh, with somebody, uh, I think with Oprah. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody loves The Rock. So I, I was a genius move. Uh, you just get it out there pretty soon. He's got a, a few movies coming out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to get tied into all that. Golden Boy, they know their marketing. Uh, you know, and and K2 uh, absolutely knows his marketing. You know, so uh, it, it's going to be a huge fight. True story. Uh, in 1991, he was a I think a freshman or a sophomore, uh, and I'm at the team hotel. Miami's playing Arizona and Tucson, and I think something I want to get autographed. And I knew Dwayne was, 
because his father was Rocky Johnson, happened to be my favorite wrestler at that time before Roddy Piper. Um, he could not believe someone knew that his father was Rocky Johnson. We talked at the hotel lobby for like 30 minutes way back in 1991, believe it or not. Nicest guy in the world. Wow. Uh, it's, it's actually every time I see him, I, I think back to that trip I made uh, to watch Miami play Arizona. Anyway, 347-215-7598. And one last thing. I actually have a, a Miami Nike poster that I was – that I got signed by by a bunch of players. Ray Lewis is on it, Warren Sapp. And back then, he was signing his name as Dwayne Johnson. And that was back in 1994 I got that signature. Anyway, I know our wow. phone lines are busy. Gabe, let, let's go to the phone lines. That's like your eBay insurance card right there. You know? Yeah. All, all <laughs> <he is. laughs> uh, 585, you're live on the next round. Hey, guys. This is Jake from Rochester. Jake, what's up? What's Jake? up? Hey, what's up? Um, any word on uh, if the Gassiev Dordicos fight will be streamed live anywhere for U.S. audiences? Yeah, my my understanding is, and I was keeping in contact with the guy who runs social media for World Boxing Super Series on Twitter, who was giving me the links on Saturday afternoon, some of which did not work or malfunction. He said. They're going at the same time, same format, YouTube and Facebook. So, again, I'm just giving you guys the link. Don't kill the messenger. Anything else, Anything Jake? Else, Jake? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, is there a real likelihood that Lomachenko and Linares happen next? I mean, that's I, I don't know. I didn't expect it to happen so soon. Is that, is that a real possibility, do you think? I believe it is, yes, because I, I was hearing rumblings before the fight, and, and now the big thing is Linares was cut, not badly, and he had a bit of a right-hand issue, but according to Aram, he doesn't think it's going to be too bad, and the two dates they're looking at, April 28th or May 12th, which are going to be one way or the other, either before and after Canelo Golovkin too. I think that is a dream scenario for boxing fans. Yeah, I, okay, uh, I, Jake, I, thank you I, for the call. <laughs> Let's go. Jake, stay with us or you don't hold up the show. Who's next, Gabe? You know, Richard Steele would have waved it off a long time ago. Yeah, Five, three, zero. Are they going to be with us or you're not? Jesus. Uh, ringside Robbie? You're live on the next one. Yeah, yeah, hello, uh, Gabe, Steve. Robbie, welcome aboard. Okay, I, yeah, uh, that was kind of strange. Uh, that kind of reminds me of Richard Steele and the Melder Taylor Julio Cesar Chavez fight. Um, I had the same thought for some reason. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> um, look, I'm glad that the rematch is happening, Steve. Uh, believe me, I'm not against it. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm scared about it being in Las Vegas because with Bob Bennett being in charge of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, I've got to ask. What kind of judges are we going to have at ringside? <laughs> yeah, listen, and I've told this to Thomas. And Tom, if you, you allow this to go to Vegas, understand the playing field. You know what you're getting into. There will be no sympathy. You're getting paid very, very well. But this is what you wanted, and, and now deal with it. And as unfair as that sounds, that is the business of boxing. I mean, it concerns me how many more Adelaide birds does the Nevada State Athletic Commission have? 
I mean, you know, I, and I, I wish I was joking about that, but considering her 118 to 110 scorecard, you know, from now on, whenever there's a big fight in Vegas, you got to ask yourself, what are we going to get? And that's terrible hmm. for Vegas because, you know, Vegas wants to be known as the fight capital of the world. But now, as far as I'm concerned, they have a permanent stain on their face and they've got to clean it up somehow. Uh, but getting to this weekend's fights, um, God, you know, Steve, you mentioned some good possibilities for Lucas Matisse. But in my honest opinion, I don't think he should fight anymore. I mean, I've heard hmm. rumors. I've, I've heard rumors about him being served up to Pacquiao, and of course, the article I read last week is Bob Arum said Pacquiao is going to come back April 14th, and his fight will be on pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to pay for Pacquiao Alvarado or Pacquiao Ortiz or, or I mean Pacquiao Matisse or you know anything. Okay. Are we seriously going to put Manny Pacquiao back on pay-per-view? Well, listen, it's buyer beware. That's that's the power of the consumer. Listen, I've said this for two years. Manny's overstayed his welcome with me. And but but again, if it came down to Matisse or Mike Alvarado, uh, give me the Matisse seven days a week, twice on Sunday. Uh, I, Hell yeah. I agree. I agree, <laughs> Steve. Uh, uh, either Matisse or give me Amir Khan. You know. Uh, give me names that I actually know that are going to show up and fight. Now, I heard a rumor that Pacquiao would appear on the same card as Terrence Crawford and uh, Jeff Horn. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, I believe that date is April 14th at the Garden. And they're going to try to wrap up the deal. And then, you know, listen, I, I'm expecting, I think you are too, Terrence Crawford to win that WBO belt. Then the question Absolutely. becomes... Absolutely. Does Manny Pacquiao dare step in the ring with Terrence Crawford? I, you know, I've gotten the sense, Gabe, for at least a year and a half that neither Manny Pacquiao, Mike Kant, Freddie Roach, or even Bob Arum, they, they understand why they don't really want that fight. They know. Oh, yeah. They know that's the end. That's, that's when Pacquiao gets undressed, I think. Yep. Um, you know, and, but a Matisse fight, I'm all over that. I mean, I, I, I do – See what you're seeing, uh, Robert. He, he okay. is, uh, he, you know, the machine is rusty. He's either rusty or, uh, you know, you just he, he, you run out of uh, parts you can put in him. Gabe, Father Time is undefeated, and it looked like Father Time had his way with Lucas Matisse on Saturday night. And uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Steve, but I think Vasily Lomachenko will completely tear apart Jorge Linares. Um, I, I, it will be more competitive than Rigo, but I don't know how long it'll last. Okay, that's fine. But make the fight. Let's not do. Let's not be Roy Jones fans in the '90s. Oh, he'd win that fight, so no reason for him to take on Mikulczewski, Frank Lyle, Steve. You know what? Can we start getting some real results, not what we think? Uh, well, listen. Uh, save, uh, save the fantasy sports for baseball or football. I agree. Um, Lomachenko shouldn't get credit because we think he's going to beat somebody. Because, Robbie, I agree with you. I would make him the favorite over Linares. But if he doesn't actually beat him, guess what? He shouldn't get credit for it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and we can't really talk about Roy Jones. I mean, here's a guy at 49 years old that's going to have another fight. 
I mean, uh, he needs to look at the reality and realize what his place is in boxing. He had a wonderful career. It's time to leave. Yeah, you want to talk about overstaying your result, but, you know, Roy, Roy is Roy. He, he's Sinatra. He's going to do it his way. That's Robbie, right. thank you for the call. Uh, we See really appreciate later. it. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Gabe, who's next? Uh, let's go three one three. You're live on the next round. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Hey, what's up, hello. Yeah, hello. Um, yeah, this, yeah. I didn't get to see all the Usyk fight, but you know, really, what I'm seeing from the style is the middle rounds, the late rounds. That's where he's getting. Me. He seems to be a slow starter, though. So, but. uh Really, he is a snowball. He is a snowball. Right. When he gets rolling downhill, it is hard, especially for guys of that size, to keep up that activity. And I, I think he's planting his feet a little bit more. He's not slapping so much. He's th- seeming to yeah. turn his punches over. Again, he's now starting to really evolve, I believe, into a professional prize fighter. Now, I heard Amir Khan is fighting Phil LaGreco April. 21st. Yes. That's, that. Did you hear you, that too? Yeah, the official announcement was made, or I saw some sort of press release, and to that yeah. I say hashtag J-O-M. I mean, it is what it is. It's a comeback fight, and uh, <laughs> I have no complaints about it, but I'm not, I'm not going to be searching for a stream on a Saturday afternoon for it either on April 21st. I think okay, uh, so... LaGreco Le, Le, will uh, land better shots in the press than he will in the fight, but... You know, it is con. Anything can right. happen. Right. Well, I mean, see, the problem with Golden Boy is they don't have a mid-level guy. It's like Canelo, and then you just got TBA pretty much. I mean, Matisse is probably their second-best fighter. And then you have... Oh, Bob what about Lenares? Wouldn't you put Lenares over him? Um, Joseph Diaz Jr.? Yeah, but... Um, I mean, you know, he's their most notable fighter. Like, I'll put it that way. He's the second most notable outside of Canelo. Most Gabe, I mentioned movie. this today, but Golden Boy does have a bit of a vacuum. They, they certainly have a cleanup hitter in Canelo. Um, you know, the middle of the order, Sticks or Linares and Matisse are kind of stuck in their own situation where a lot of the dance partners we'd like to see him in with are, are on the other side of the street and not available. But they do have a roster of nice young prospects like Virgil Ortiz, Alexis Rocha, Edgar Valerio. The reality is, though, they're two, three years away. Yeah, well, um, two quick points. Yeah, and uh, um, I look Joseph Diaz Jr., who's probably, right. you know, uh, close to a title, but, you know, like he doesn't have that finishing kick, you know, 25-0, and 0, 13 knockouts. He hasn't really put it over the top. And 5-6 and doesn't seem like he's going to be moving through a ton of weight classes, you know. Uh, so yeah, they're, you're right. They're they're missing that guy. Valerio might be a, a, a little star though. And to be honest, uh, you look at it, it's a cash out fight for Lunars. He's cashing out. It looks that way. Really, he didn't like Hester is, you know, a little bit at that level world class, but not really. And he he looked good at times. Really, he shouldn't be hitting Lunars with some of the shots he was landing. So it's a cash out fight to me. But if you look at the prospects, really, if you look at the prospects that can really sell, they're actually mostly European. You look at Du Bois, you look at uh, Okoli, uh, Buatzi, uh, you know, Hergovic. Those are the young talent that 
more than likely are going to have belts and they're going to be big ticket sellers. We just don't have those type of guys with less than 10 fights that you can already see are going to really sell tickets. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Although I think there's a lot of buzz, not all of it positive, on Ryan Garcia, but it's still very early. But, Jose Ramirez. you know, Golden Boy still has this ESTN series. I believe they have one more year left. They're going to start creating something. Make some fights. That, that's all I'm going to tell you. These dates are not forever. Anyway, thank you for the call, 347-215-7598. We still have the fight preview and news and notes. I have a feeling we're going to be going all the way up to 9 p.m. Eastern time today. Gabe, who's next? And just saying, you know, Jose Ramirez, who's a, a top rank, uh, you know, prospect, but who does what twelve thousand seats, you know, in in uh, Fresno, uh, there isn't a Golden Boy guy like that. And I wonder why that is. I mean, is it just, uh, you know, they haven't picked well in in, in the particular class, or, or uh, what do you think it is? Too much attention on Canelo. Well, yeah, that could be it. But look, Virgil Ortiz was from that Dallas area, and I have always thought mm-hmm. Texas was a good, solid boxing market that's been underused. Just don't stick them on Fantasy Springs. Come on, be promoters. You know, listen, I've done work for Golden Boy, but it doesn't preclude me from telling the truth. It's what I do. Tough love yeah. here with the Kimster. Bottom line, if I don't see Virgil Ortiz fighting a couple times in Texas, how's that any different than the criticism that we gave PBC for Daryl Spence? Yeah. I don't disagree. You know, it's a, it's about location, location, location. Uh, speaking of that, let's head to the Central Valley. Two zero nine, you're live on the next round. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, I want to talk about the Usyk fight, man. Man, those guys, they they were uh, uh, thumping some serious leather there. Um, for being cruiserweight, man, they have uh, pretty good stamina. Well, it's like you know, cruiserweights heavy... are basically. Athletic heavyweights are they not, Gabe? Well, they're they're almost a traditional heavyweight, you know, like uh, Joe Lewis wasn't he like one eighty five? Like, they, yeah, Marciano, uh, uh, Dempsey as well. Sonny Liston uh, wasn't all that big. No, so it's uh, you know, uh, I think Ali was kind of a tallish heavyweight for the time. Uh, these guys are more like traditional. It's like watching it. It's like, ah, this is why the heavies were like the glamour division. They're giant dudes uh, who can throw. I mean, one of my favorite knockouts of all time, uh, you know, watching Monty Two Guns Barrett uh, knock out, uh, you know, the versus TV guy with Ty Fields. Uh, Ty Fields. You know? <laughs> That's oh on a pay-per-view undercard at the Mandalay Bay. It was it a Pacquiao Marquez two maybe? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It was uh, either that or Marquez. Oh, no, Barrera Pacquiao two was one of those cards. Yeah, you're right. It was a yeah. top rank show. So uh, it's just you, you know, when that happens and a guy takes shots that big, takes shots like that, like and is unconscious before he lands. You just go like, that's why the heavyweight division is king. Um, so yeah, that's what we're seeing now with these guys. Yeah, the only complaint I had about that fight is is the actual stream itself. You know, I know it's not being aired in the United States, but man, it, it took forever. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know it was uh, being streamed through their Facebook. I mean, I was, you know. Yeah, in, then in they're giving us links where they're showing the undercards and the undercard ends, and then they say, okay, here's the main event stream, which is six minutes of previews, and then it disappears. And then they set up <laughs> one link that, that, that was nine seconds. So they couldn't even get to the count of ten. 
And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you've had plenty of time. This is 2018. Again, so are I'm... we Blockbuster or Netflix? And I'm trying to help these guys. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd. Yeah, I was trying to help them, too. I mean, the, the way I see it, uh, uh, Thompson's Boxing, they, they put out good streams, very good streams, very good quality. And if they could do it, why can't all these other people do it? Yeah, I mean, but, I'm, you know, I'm, in all fairness, as someone who works on that team, I get it. Our audience is smaller. But I got to tell you, the crew that is in charge of production for those broadcasts, it's not a big crew, but they are incredibly competent and efficient. And I'll say it again. In 2018, if you cannot do a solid stream, you should go jump off a cliff. My God. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, the streams nowadays are easy to find, and if you got to spend more than 10 minutes to find a good one, it's like, you know what, forget about it. You know, uh, what else is on, you know? All right, guys, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate the good work uh, that you guys continue to do. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that new podcast you guys are putting out about the marketing yeah. uh, aspect of the sport. I, I love it. I love it. It, it gives oh, me good. a different aspect of the sport. You know, I don't want to huh. call myself a manager, but it gives me like a different aspect. You know, I'm not just watching two guys plug it out. It's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. You know, I, I love it. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Oh, All right. Thank, thank you, so you much. very much. I'm glad. Yeah, and that is uh, Fistionados with Evan Rutowski, formerly of HBO Sports. That show made its debut, in fact, this past weekend. Uh, you can get that on the Leave It in the Ring radio network. 347-215-7598. Gabe, who's next? And just while you bring up that network, uh, we'll just take a little pause to say, you know, if you uh, find us on the podcast app or iTunes, uh, give us a review, you know, give us a star, or maybe even write a little review. It helps uh, us attract advertisers. Uh, this show is sponsored on Patreon. You can uh, join and contribute there. Uh, leave it in the ring, Patreon. Uh, the, the top sponsor there. Uh, is somebody that you should probably know if you're in boxing and like to go to the fights, uh, Jim Boone of uh, KOTickets.com. Uh, just check him out. He's got all the deals. You can give him a call, uh, fight day or or prior to that, and he'll uh, usually guests on the show and, and gives just top quality information about when to buy, uh, when not to buy. Uh, so that's Jim uh, Jim Boone with KO, KO Tickets. And now back to the show. Um, let's go 909. I never see this prefix. Nine zero nine, you're live on the next round. Nine zero nine. Hello, hola. <laughs> or no. not. Uh, I still haven't seen that uh, prefix. Yeah, on the we show. still haven't heard from him. Five one zero, you're live on the next round. Five one zero. Hello, hello. Yes. Hello. Can you, oh, can you hear me? I'm oh, sorry, I, I, I didn't hear the beat. Hey, hey, oh, guys, no how you guys doing? Hey, what's, what's up, going man? on, Fernando? Not much. Um, a quick question. Uh, how do you guys rank the three net- main networks right now? Uh, Showtime, HBO, and, and ESPN. Uh, how, would you, how, how would you guys rank uh, as far as presentation and fights coming up? Gabe, you want to go first? Um, you mean on what's on the menu or just like from last year? I mean, I think Showtime, Showtime looks strong. That spring schedule, those are all fighters I want to see. Like I didn't even mention the Charlo fights, you know, uh, they're not. I mean, I think Charlo Centeno is not. I'm not super excited about it, but I think it's a solid fight. It's an interesting fight. 
I, I kind of am looking forward to everything on Showtime schedule, but uh, you know, across the board, the things I'm looking forward to, like Joshua Parker, I absolutely just cannot wait for that fight. Uh, I think that's that's probably the fight I'm more excited about than than any other. So I don't. Know, I would I go Showtime, and then ESPN starts out slow. I'm not a huge fan of their first two broadcasts, but I think from hmm. March uh, 10th on or March 3rd or March 10th and the 17th, and some of the stuff that I hear is coming up, uh, I would go with ESPN. And then bringing up the rear in this three-horse race would be HBO. I, I, that's why I brought the question. I still agree with you, uh, Steve. Yeah, I, I, you know, HBO needs to get their uh, whole streaming thing in uh, in order and uh, maybe improve their schedule just a little bit. But, you know, I would love to have HBO be the leader again because, you know, they have the Jim Lampley, which does a really good job, and uh, – I think boxing is always in a good, uh, good spot when HBO is uh, putting on good fights. You know, that's what everybody thinks about it in the general public. When they think of boxing, they think of HBO still. And uh, hopefully they, you know, they turn around in 2018. Uh, thank you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it. You guys have a good day. All right. Thank you very much. 347-215-7598. Gabe, who's next? But, you know, like, like the man says, things change. And, and maybe that's, you know, where we're at. I mean, this, you know, it's interesting that people – they're kind of saying to me this weekend, well, it's not the fighter's fault. It's not boxing fans fault in the U S that, you know, uh, that th- these guys all, you know, that, that Richard Schaefer did what he did. And so they're not getting a U.S. deal. Uh, but I'm like, you know, these guys did sign up and they, you, you, know, you have to, to research the people that you work with. Uh, it, it, I think it does kind of go with him. And I, uh, I just think about how much the sport changed really while that all, all was evolving. Like what were the careers of, of Deontay Wilder and Danny Jacobs, uh, Danny Garcia be like, uh, and even Adrian Broner, if Golden Boy was actually in control of those careers and yeah. carefully matchmaking and, and, and building those guys up and how different would the sport be, you know, uh, with this fully formed universe that Showtime has uh, really have taken hold uh, without the help of Richard Schaefer and Al, and, and Al Heyman. And to maybe some extent, Steven Espinoza. I don't know. This is something I was thinking about. But uh, I'll go back to this time, uh, to the, the phones. 209, you're live on the next round. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Good. Trini? What's going on? Yeah, it's Trini. Not much. What's up, man? I just wanted uh, not much. Just right here listening to you guys. Uh, on the Linares uh, Lomachenko fight, a lot of it's like Robbie Robin said that uh, uh he'll beat him in boxing nothing set in stone. Anything can happen in that match, you know. So just give me the fight and that's it. I don't worry. I'm a big Lomachenko fan, but uh Linares can have a perfect uh, per- perfect night that night and he could beat him too. So who knows? Especially in boxing, anything can happen. You know, so size wise it's a good match. Douglas Tyson, Junior Jones, Marco Antonio Barrera, uh, Tommy Hearns, Iran Barkley. Uh, Juan Manuel Lopez Salido. Uh, right. Uh, what's Lito? another one? Oh, Tommy Hearns in the rematch against Ray Leonard was given no shot. There's a reason why exactly. he fights the fights. Exactly. And that's what I, that's what I want to see. You know, just give me the fight. And I don't put on Lomachenko's good. He's, I like his style and everything. But I, I don't say, oh, he's going to beat him. Who knows, you know? Something can have, go wrong that night for Lomachenko and Linares come on top. He can even knock Trinidad him out. Hopkins. Who knows? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Three to one dog. Yeah. So, Three to one dog exactly. that night. So give me the, give me the, give me the, give me the fight, you know. 
So, and then uh, Lennox Lewis called it. Uh, he put it the best the other day on Twitter when uh, with Wider and Tyson. Don't worry about the past grades or anybody. Just worry about your guys' era, and just show, just fight and fight to be the great on your era, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I cannot disagree. And Wilder saying that he'd beat yeah. this guy and that guy. Oh God, uh, you know, you know, it's I, just, I just uh, laugh at you know, just roll that. your eyes at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Trinity, thank you for the call. Let's take no, one more before guys. we go to fight preview. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Okay, who's next? But did did Tyson ever beat somebody as good as Wilder? Uh, hmm. Well, a two-and-a-half-year layoff Larry Holmes as good as Deontay Wilder? Wow, that's a great existential question. And with that, Yeah, because remember, Larry Holmes yeah. always said, I never should have taken that fight right off the bat. And he said it was a bad matchup to begin with. But Larry Holmes was a productive heavyweight into the mid-'90s, beating Ray Mercer, battling Evander Holyfield. He was still serviceable. It wasn't the best Larry Holmes, but it wasn't a bad one either. Post nineteen eighty eight. Fair enough. That's a that's a strong argument. Uh nine seven eight, you're alive on the next round. Hey guys, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, is this Jimmy's Hello? Corner? Yeah, hey, what's going on, Jimmy? Jimmy's Corner, everyone, pull up a stool. Ah, uh, what's happening, guys? Oh, first Talk off, to us. Yes. Hey, no fucking way is Andre Ward would fight Gassiev. That I listen, that was <laughs> not a chance. I think you had dead ass on the money with the fucking Tony Bellew. In fact, right after he Bellew fought and he saw that big money, he could make it the heavyweight and he started throwing it around there. And I said it right away when he retired. Yeah, right. He wasn't retiring from fucking boxing. I mean, he was just retiring from the sanction of bodies and those, you know, mandatories. And then for him, like you said, okay, you, oh, let me get this right now, buddy. Your body's telling you it's so tired, so beat from the rigors of training over the past decade that you suddenly amass 20 fucking two pounds of muscle mass in four months. <laughs> and you got great things and you get great huh. things going on. Listen, that's, huh. a, that's got Tony Bell, you probably that's in like London, uh, a cash out. I'm sorry, Gabe. That's uh, just like, you know, weighing like, I don't know, three pounds over the limit. 30 days out and then complaining later that you were dehydrated by making weight. <laughs> it's just, oh, you know, wow. Gabe, you went there. I don't know. Jeez. It's just it's hatering, yeah, I, just hatering so man. I think that's where that's going to go. And uh, listen, I'd love to be able to talk about the USAC fight. I really would, but I would have had a better chance of busting into the CIA than trying to fucking get that stream going. <laughs> I swear to God, listen, this was fucking horrible. It was the four knocks of streams. You weren't getting oh it, man. God, I'm, on, I'm on YouTube. I'm fucking in. It's like, that's over. And you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my Jesus. All right, fucking done. Done. First off, nope. for screw you. And I don't mind that HBO's not doing it, only because, or even Showtime, I think that's even more than, you know, indictment on his personality, that even his boy Al isn't sharing Showtime with him. But uh, because you know what, man? You reap what you sow in life. You can only fucking stab so many people in the back and then expect everybody to give you the old, oh, we'll forgive and forget. But uh, So, yeah, that stream was fucking bullshit. And listen, can I go on to my second part of the evening? So please then I do, go please to, do. Oh, Transition. Man, Linares, oh, Jesus. Linares reminds me of that guitarist who's so fucking great 
that he's so great that only other guitarists like him. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they make those, like, Ingvon Malstein, like this, you know, yes. only other, Joe you know, Satriani. can appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Bingo Gabe. That only other <laughs> musicians can appreciate. It's like, if I was in this corner, I'd say, all right, dude, listen, throw a bad punch. Do something fucking ugly. Get in there. Just throw everything what you got off balance. It just doesn't always have to be so pretty. I don't know if that's what's in his head, but he's got to do something because that was rough. Well, this is why he needs a Lomachenko. Absolutely. This is not a concert. This is not a concert where Anita Baker can just sing individually and we're enthralled. No, this is competition. Your dance partner matters. Absolutely. And then it got to the point where I'll tell you, this is how, oh, my God. And, you know, boxing's in my blood. I So my girl's in the bedroom, right, and she's watching on the DVR, the Housewives of New Jersey reunion. I went in in between rounds, and I got myself oh, no. next to you know, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed listening to fucking Teresa bitching about some other broad that was fighting going on in the next room. That's how bad the boxing match was. Yeah, right? So, please. But, um, so, yeah. Now, Jimmy, you know, your thoughts. You what, like, the T.Y. Yeah. Kiram. Dive like Greg Luganis. Listen, I listen. That was odd. And it, you know what? And right when it was, what, what struck me odd is how he got up so alert. Like it was like he was out, and then he got up and he was like, "Boom!" That seemed a little weird. And then the delay, a delay in a body shot is common. It's not, I've, I've had it happen to me. Like all of a sudden, oh, you know what's happening? And then boom, you go down. But the fucking it was just weird. I don't know if he had damage, say prior. Like, I'm not inside his head. I'm not a neurologist. Nobody knows in a CAT scan. He might have said he got clipped earlier, and it started some swelling that, as, you know, viewers, we don't know, and then it just takes that one, poop, and the swelling swells a little bit more, and it lights out. It was just the movement in his acting around it. I would, it makes it odd. But, again, you know what I mean? I, you were there. I saw somebody. Was it you tweeted out a picture of him in an ambulance? Yeah, there's footage of it, and I'm just saying to myself, I mean, listen, I just happen to think the kid had never been hit before. We didn't know about his record. It it turned out either he's going to be Whitney Houston or Millie Vanilli, based on that record from Thailand, and he turned out to be Robin Fab. Blame it on the rain. Yes, you know, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, and and calling it, and and like I said, Peter Nelson, calling it after dark doesn't make it sting any less when I pay my bills. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this is after that. Yes. So, you know, but turning down the lights can sometimes, you know, make a, make a four feel like a seven, you know, but not in this yeah. case. Uh, Especially at last call. Yeah. And HBO, and, and it's true, <laughs> HBO always, always had that gold standard. It was always like if it makes it to HBO, you know, that's at least decent. But I'll tell you what Peter really screwed up, I think, is losing Bob. You don't play with Bob. You know, Bob kept throwing out hints that he was going to leave or something was up. Give him some time. It's like all these fights could be on HBO and now on ESPN. And that's been, somebody dropped the ball there. And I don't know all the going-ons. I don't know what kind of budgets he's dealing with. But at least, you know – I I don't like what I've seen him do thus far. That's all I can say. I see a lot of this. And I can be honest. Well, let's too. see. Let's Hold see. on. Jimmy, yeah. Superfly yeah. is a great I like. concept. I like that. Great. They got Absolutely. some good stuff going on at middleweight, except the problem is your marquee stuff is tape per view. That's not part of your subscription. I like exactly. some of the activity they're creating at light heavyweight. But, some mm-hmm. of it, but I just don't understand. I mean, they're going through six, seven, eight week stretches. There's no boxing. Well, yeah, this is the no, thing that, that, uh, that this got me thinking about um, this weekend as I was kind of debating with somebody about, you know, the Richard Schaefer factor 
you know, and, and the question of like HBO was able to pick this up and it's the guy said, it's great. For, you know, the, the world series is, is great for boxing. I'm like, you know, because it's a great concept, it is. And the way they're executing it is great. It's all moving in a timely fashion. But if somebody that's not so great is running it, is that good for boxing ultimately? And maybe that's what, exactly. what HBO great is holding point. up yeah. is, is that relationship that they decided they no longer wanted to have. But this kind of abusive Bingo. guy, I mean, I refer to him as a bully. Uh, and that's kind of what he was. I, I think that's the backlash here. So I don't know. It's a, it's a shame because, you, you know, you put yeah. those two things together and, and you fix uh, a major problem. in the And sport. another thing, guys, yeah. um, I like Showbox. I think that has been a steady producer, a developer, yes. an incubation point for young prospects. Gordon Hall does a hell of a job. Great crew. What's HBO's platform to jump off from? Exactly. Hmm. No, I know. They just got – it's like they've – I mean, once in a while they do HBO Latino, and, and I think they should do it more. But, I mean, you look, look, say what you want about Showtime. You don't have to like the people that are there, the people that run it. But look, they're, they're doing shows on their Facebook page. They brought it. Uh, the, they did the Conor Ben fight back in mid-December. That was a very entertaining fight and card. The, I mean, they're servicing their customers, their their boxing base. Can you honestly say that HBO is doing that? No, not at all. They're screwing the pooch. They're fucking absolutely. They're dropping the ball. But but to. What I don't like about Showtime, though, is, all right, listen, all you hear is, it's not Al. He's, he's the one willing to reach across the, you know, it's bullshit. The fact that he lined it all up with nothing but his PBC guys and nobody else, that tells you this is still my intentions. I'm not working with anybody. And I'll tell you, I, I'm not as, I don't like it as much as, you know, most, I guess. Maybe I'm just becoming old and more cynical and a douche because, listen, the, you know, I like Wild Ortiz. But how old do they say Wild Ortiz is supposed to be? 38. 39? Yeah. 30, yeah. Yeah, come on. Come on. Well, here's the other thing. I I, I think you're going to see a very disciplined version of Deontay Wilder. I think he he kind of like, I don't want to say shuts him out. I think he wins like 9-3. He has to be. Because regardless, even if this guy's closer to 50, that's 50 Cuban years. Opposed to, you know what but I mean? You know, he's good. Jimmy, he knows what he's doing. You know what yeah, I mean? To be fair, though, Jimmy, I mean, yeah. we've threw, and I had Bryn Jonathan Butler on. I did an interview with him solo uh, for Leave It in the Ring after the Rigo fight. And I asked him about that trope. Uh, I, I've, made that, I've made it many times on the next round, uh, both the webcast yeah, and I, mean I think on here. But, I mean it as a compliment, too. I but mean, people Cuban always do the thing about, well, he may be older, you know, than, than what he's listing himself as. And I don't know. You know, unless the guy gets caught, I'm not going to throw him out. Maybe I misunderstood oh, you. I, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I meant it as a compliment. Yeah, no, I meant it as a compliment. I, I, because it's easier. I mean, Christ, if I was to go out clubbing right now, I'd shave a few. No, but, you know, <laughs> I, I go by... Remember what they used to do? Hey, remember what they used to do even in baseball with Taiwanese? They caught the kid pitching. He was 20. In the oh, that, every year. When oh, I grew up, really? Taiwan had a little league dynasty. They really <laughs> did. They dominated, man. And they were all married with kids. Yeah, but no, it, 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 listen, I'm, I'm from the era, too. I remember when I was a little kid, there was two things we were afraid of. I remember going to see you little play um, a te- a Soko Kiev hockey, and they didn't smile, the Russian hockey plays, and the KGB was behind the bench, literally on the other side of glass to make sure nobody you know, didn't try to escape. But when I was a kid, 
the fear. It was just crazy. Everybody talked about with such reverence, the Cubans, Tuffy, you know, Stevenson. They were so feared, the Cubans. So I still carry that mystique with me. So when I hear Cuban, because, you know, I'm from that era, and, you know, same thing with hockey, the Russian players. But, no, I give, listen, I got nothing but respect for the... Because, they do last. You know, like LCPO lasted a long time. Like, they, they, they oh, it's, it's the hardware. The, the, yeah, the technique and, and this, the... the you know, his trainer that said it was a very simple life. He just fishes, hangs out with his family. And I read that book. And I read that book, John uh, Butler's book. Excellent book. That book you brought up. Excellent read, by the way. Yeah, the I read guy, that. It was excellent. The guy can write a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, good. Yeah, excellent, excellent. But um, listen, listen, I don't want to tie it up on, you know, on the phone all night like a jerk off. But uh, no, we're not no a, oh, real quick before I go, hey, can we just have, get together and have a giggle about one thing? Hey, what about Davis? Remember a year ago, Steve, you always say, these fucking fighters, hey, tweet what you want, but watch when it comes back to bite you. Remember when he tweeted out about a year ago, huh, Lomachenko? God, you can't even, he doesn't draw enough to face me. Uh. And now he's the undercard against... He's the undercut on Brona Fierro. You know what I mean? So I think that's a fucking giggles work. But right, yeah, Danny, I mean, listen, don't throw left yeah. hooks if you live in a glass house. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah. hey, guys, have a great evening, man. Thanks again for uh, letting me air it out. You guys have a great evening. Jimmy, as always, thank you for the call. Gabe, going on to the fight preview, Friday night from Sloan, Iowa. Oh, my favorite place, the Winner Vegas Casino. Uh, There's a show box, and Ronald Ellis will take on Junior Union. And this is a buzzkill. I was looking forward to Devin Haney against Hermanito Della Torre. Uh, Della Torre backed out, and I think uh, Devin Haney has been kiboshed from the card. So, yeah, that, that's not good. It's Saturday on ESPN from Corpus Christi, Texas. The WBO 168-pound title is on the line. Gilberto Zerdo Ramirez takes on Habib Ahmed. And the Jerwin Ankaha, who I call Mini Pacquiao, defends his like IBF Junior Bantamweight title against Israel Gonzalez. Gabe, my nickname for Habib Ahmed is Letty or Bigfoot because there's actually, like, no footage of him. And I asked Ryan Scalia, what, what do you know about him? And Ryan actually said, Steve, there's, like, literally outside of 10 seconds of him doing mitts, nothing is available on him. And I'm like, what? So is he, like, boxing's version of the Loch Ness Monster? I mean, yeah, seriously. Where, where, did they come, where did they get him? Did the, does the matchmaker have any video on him? That's what, what I want to know. I mean, that's, you know... Uh, Wow, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I was like hunting all over the place, and then I saw that tweet that, that uh, Ryan didn't know where it, uh, anything about the guy. I was like, well, shit, we're screwed. <laughs> I'm so, going to uh, say this right now. If Ryan Scalia has not seen a fight or a particular boxer, I'm inclined to believe that they don't exist, that it's an urban <laughs> legend. It's a figment of our imagination. I mean, when I emailed Ryan about my question about Habib Ahmed, he was probably studying up on the – the 18 and under Kazakhs team, probably the alternate guys. He was probably scouting them or doing, his, <laughs> doing a, a extensive list of the 10 best uh, Southpaw Saudi Arabian boxers under the age of 12. I, I mean, literally, they, they, I, I, the first time that we're going to see ha- uh, Habib Ahmed in the first round, literally outside of everybody from Ghana, we'll be like, that's the first time we've ever seen Habib Ahmed. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing to me. I'm writing a story about this tomorrow. Like, who the hell is this guy, and does he really exist? I have my doubts. And, Gabe, uh, I like Ankahas. I, I think he's got a real future. 
Yeah, no, action style, uh, he, you know, he comes forward. Uh, I like that, you know, the, the mini Pacquiao thing. He's got, a, you know, a loss and a, and a draw on his record, but 28 wins, 19 knockouts, uh, nice frame, 5'6", southpaw, 66 and a half inch reach, um, and, and really uh, put it on Jamie Conlon in his last fight, uh, really took him apart, took him to the woodshed, as it were, uh, and got the TKO victory. I, I, you know, Israel... Gonzalez isn't exactly a, a, a YouTube sensation himself, uh, so I don't know much about him except that he's going to lose uh, this weekend. On Cajas, and again, there will never be another Manny Pacquiao, okay? Just no. like there will never be another Michael Jordan, but he just kind of moves like Manny Pacquiao. The double jab where he runs inside, the in-and-out movement. I, mean, I remember watching him, Gabe. This is about five years ago. I did a show in China. One of the worst experiences of my life, being in that land of Commieville. Um, and there are a lot of Asian fighters on the card over two days. And I remember writing a little note about him in one of my final flurries at Max Boxing. I said, I saw one guy that has a future, Jerwanon Cajas. And, you know, it, the, the mechanism is set up for him to be a really big star and to create his own niche in the Philippines with ESPN TV5. And Gabe... Before the main card starts on Saturday night on the Worldwide Leader, Tiafima Lopez, a prospect that I really like, and Jesse Hart, who fought very valiantly against Zerdo back in September, their undercard bouts will be on ESPN News. See, this is some of the stuff that ESPN is going to start rolling out more often. I like this. Hmm. Yeah, I like that, too. I still think they need to get their, uh, their ESPN app situation set up so the cutters can just find some other way to, to you know, uh, where you, whether you do it through like AT&T or whatever, like the, the phone you know, providers, people can log in on that shit. Because, you know, I got like two show days on, on the weekends, and it would be nice to be able to watch that shit on my phone or on my, my laptop. And, and you can't uh, – since I don't have cable, I can't do that. Uh, so that's mm. just my uh, wish list there. But it's a nice undercard. Uh, is it – Jose Benavides is also on the undercard there? but Yeah. Um, yes, he is. Yeah, no, I like that, that Jesse Hart fight. I think uh, if anytime you face a guy from Ghana, that's almost all you need to know about the fighter. They're going to be rugged. They're going to take you rounds. Uh, they're going to take a good punch, and they'll probably be solid. Not explosive punchers, but uh, dangerous nonetheless. So uh, this is a, a quality little card here. Moving on, news and notes. March 9th on ESPN, the Golden Boy Series. Ronnie Reels will take on Azad Hobanissian. Gabe, this is the type of fight Golden Boy needs to make every single damn timeout this year. I like this fight a lot. This this is not Glenn Tapia being served up. No, that's going to be a rough fight. I love that venue, the hangar. Uh, I, I saw, I think, at least two fights down there. Uh, yeah, it's classy. It a, yeah, it classy. really is. It is, no doubt. Uh, they don't run out of beer, and uh, every seat is, is, is pretty good. You know, it, It's not exactly like uh, the stub hub, but uh, it's a cool atmosphere. And finally, April 28th, uh, more and more it seems like Danny Jacobs will be fighting Spike O'Sullivan. Gabe, I like Spike. I think he's an action fighter, good television guy. But Danny Jacobs coming off Louis Arias, it almost seems like a step backwards, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of. It does, you know, but I think it's a a good, you know, keep Danny in the bullpen. He needs... You know, he, he's making up for lost time. He's got to develop a relationship with an audience, fighting on one network. Uh, oh, here's that guy again, you know. Uh, he was in a decent fight last time. Maybe he gets a good stoppage win here. Uh, but he stays sharp for the winner of, of Canelo, you know, uh, uh, Triple G. 
So I, th- I think, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's a step sideways, maybe just a step in place, but he needs to sharpen up anyway. So it's better than the alternative uh, being in the PBC and just not out knowing when your next damn fight is. Here's a tweet from Carlos Russo who says after the fight, Tiwa Kiram was cited at the dive bar. Joining him were Lycar Ramos, Malik Scott, and John Paul Mendy. Paratas, rim shot. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lycar Ramos against Juan Manuel Marquez. That, that, that wasn't exactly the, the greatest fight. Here's one from Angel. I thought Usyk went 10 though. to 11 rounds in his opponent's home soil, yet some believe the close cards were dead on. I based it on Usyk's defense, jab, and ring generalship. Your thoughts? Well, I thought he won eight rounds, but Gabe, I, I will say this for Bredis. I thought there were a lot of close rounds that when you are the home canvas advantage recipient, you're going to get a round or two that maybe you lost 51-49. That's just the way it goes. It tells me the, the refs don't like a mover who just kind of jabs and moves. You know, they're not Winky Ride fans. You know, that's a really apt comparison. You know, uh, gets off clean shots and, and uh, you know, Bredis would take them. But, you know, from a certain point of view, it's like when they got to the ropes, uh, you know, Bredis would get to his body, work both sides. Uh, sometimes he could get, uh, you know, a little bit more than that. Uh, and so you, you, maybe you're, you're thinking, you know, the other guy is just out of the game plan and just running and you dock him for that. I, I saw it like you, like eight, eight rounds to four. I, I thought it was a very clear Usyk win. I love the jab. I love the, the defense and just the overall energy and effort. Like he, his sense of range is, is, was uh, very impressive to me. He always was able to, to just land that lead left or land the left any way he really wanted to. It was a, a puzzle that was never solved by Bredis. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. We have forty minutes available to us, so join us. It's Gabe Montoya and Steve Kim on the next round. Gabe, I'm gonna get that Bay Area bias going and go with four one five. You're live on the next round. Four one five. Hey, Joe. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can. Hey, gentlemen. Um, so I, I, I was at work and I think I saw on Twitter that Canelo Triple G two got announced. It is done, May 5th. It's funny, I, w- I was at the forum this weekend, and I ran into Tom, and I was like, hey, Tom, uh, what's up with Canelo and Triple G2? Uh, he kind of shrugged <laughs> You know, it's me. funny you say that. Tom said to me the deal was finalized on Saturday night as he met Eric Gomez and Oscar De La Hoya at the forum. So he was there for a reason. So um, that, that's awesome, man. I, I, the reason I'm – I have two things. One – uh, I was at the I was I was at the forum. I had the worst seats in the house. I I was in the last row, um, the furthest away you could be. But I I had a great time. And then I went home and I watched the replay because my 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 fiance was with me and she was like, oh I I she blinked and you know the knockout happened. And they were talking a lot of shit about the fight and I was like, you know, they were saying you know Lenares did good for himself but Matisse did not. And I, I just felt like the crowd was much more. Uh, responsive to the late knock, or, you know, to to the knockout than to the to the to what what Linares did in the fight. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of restlessness though, and, and I did hear people booing. Um, you know, the, the, the Max Kellerman I know kind of alluded to the fact he thought it was kind of fishy the way Kiram went out. But let me just put it to you this way: Are you going to be at the Forum February 24th for Superfly? My understanding is that show is selling very well. There'll be a much bigger audience 
for that particular card. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely wanting to get tickets for that. Absolutely, without question. Um, uh, if I were you, I wouldn't wait. I'm just letting you know, I wouldn't wait. Yeah, no, you, I I love it when you guys have Jim Boone on, and uh, he, you know, he gave great advice. He said, wait for the Matisse show, and I I've heard him say, don't wait for the Superfly show, and yeah, I, I got to get my tickets. All right, well, listen, thank you very much for calling in. I we appreciate it. Oh, by the way, Gabe, speaking of the way tickets are going, March 3rd, obviously it's an uphill climb for main events as they have the Sullivan, Barrera, Dimitri Bivol co-feature with Sergei Kovalev. My understanding is that show's selling well. And obviously they don't have nearly as many seats as the Barclays Center, but uh, according to Jim Boone, that show, and I talked to someone at the Garden, that show's going to be okay from a live attendance standpoint. That's good to hear. And, you know... If you really uh, don't want to be there for a heavyweight title fight, which, I mean, that's hard to beat, you know, um, but Showtime has a really good app, and you could probably watch the fight live on your phone while you're at the garden watching oh. pretty good, you know. Uh, Imagine that. <laughs> Premium cable network that allows streaming on their app of fights. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's what do you know? 2018, not being blockbuster video. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Funny that Richard Schaefer is like having a problem with streaming, but the company that he left, they have really good streaming. In fact, they're kind of pioneers <laughs> uh, among the U.S. promoters. Uh, you know what's also nice is that uh, that March 9th uh, from the Buffalo Run Casino in Miami, uh, Oklahoma, I believe, uh, Showtime's Regis Progray versus Victor Postal. I like that fight a lot. Uh, I and like they have Re- a good Regis- feature. Yeah, they have a good co-feature, too. Um, again, developing a program. Not just saying, we're HBO, we can tell stories. <sighs> Give me some boxing, man. Give me more of it. Yeah, you don't have to create. Like, you know, Oscar De La Hoya was a great story that you could market around, and, and that's a phenomenon, you know. Uh, those guys are rare. It, just just let the guys just make good fights. That's really all I ask. Uh Let's go to 917. You're live on the next one. Hello? Or maybe not. I think they're having maybe a, not. Uh, a family moment. 347, you're live on the next round. It's a family hey, show. guys. What's going on? What's up? Good. What's up? What's your name? Hans. Hans. Hey, Hans. It's, it's like hands without the D. But anyway. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, you know, I was pretty impressed with Usyk. Um, you know, I got a chance to watch the fight the other day. Obviously, like everybody else, the U.S. stream was fucking horrible. But, um, but you know, I think it's kind of like I don't want to say a full-blown conclusion, but I think everybody like makes them the favorites, like win the final, or whatever. So, my question for you guys is, how do you think he's gonna fare at heavyweight? Because he says he wants to move up after he wins, and I think he'll do fantastic up there, especially with his gas tank. I think he could really beat Joshua. Seems to like really slow down when it gets like a little bit later. So how do you guys think? He'll wow! Do? So you're favoring him over Anthony Joshua? That is bold, my friend. That is very bold. I mean, it's the gas tank, though. You don't think so? The gas tank is the gas no. Tank. It matters, but size also matters. And just just keep this in mind: when Evander Holyfield was moving up, 
he didn't have to all of a sudden face guys that were six inches taller, seven inches taller, and 40 pounds bigger. It's a little bit different in, in, in this modern day from going from cruiserweight, which back then was 190 in all fairness, to guys now who are 245 and chiseled. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that he won't do that well at heavyweight? No, I'm saying it's not a sure thing. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so yeah, my, my next point that I wanted to make was um okay, so I'm I'm going down to um the welterweight division. So I wanted to um you know, obviously Errol Spence is the man. Um not even gonna count Terrence Crawford right now. I mean obviously he's great, but you know, he just don't really know how he's gonna react at one forty seven. So we're just gonna leave him out of it. Um That's fair. It kinda of, it kinda of seems like, you know, Spence like will pretty much stop everyone. Well, like he's pretty much number one, but to me, the number one guy that can really probably beat him, I don't know, call me crazy, but I really think Porter will give him everything he got. There's no way Spence is stopping Porter. Spence can't stop Porter. Porter is so aggressive, and like he he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's gonna wilt under that pressure. He he wants that. So I just really think Porter can give him the biggest challenge and probably beat him. Huh. I know. Porter's one of these guys. He's far from unbeatable, but nobody has an easy time against him. That's the craziest thought ball. in the world. He's a little, I've always said, he, yeah. if there was any boxer that I'd want to give the ball to on fourth and one, it would be Porter. He just puts his head down. He just burrows in there. <laughs> She sent Jamie Kirkland back to Ann Wolf. Oh, <laughs> I was there for that. Yeah, well, it's a Porter. Yeah. Porter and his yeah. father seem to have their sights set on fighting Keith Thurman again. And again, I'm just wondering, you really want to wait that long? Okay. It's your business, not mine. Well, just my last kind of point, real quick. Well, my last two points is that, I mean, obviously he's waiting for, like, Thurman. I honestly think he's going to beat Thurman. And once he has those two belts, everyone's going to come calling. <laughs> like, he's just going to come calling. He wants all those belts. So I just really – I'm really, really fascinated with that matchup. Um, my last point is um, um, <clears throat> Lucas Matesi, however the hell you say his last name. Um, like, you know, I saw the fight. It was a little bit lackluster. Um, I don't think he's a bad fighter. I think, he, you know, he's pretty solid. He's pretty good. But um, what really annoys the crap out of me is, like, like at the end of the fight, I don't know if you guys seen it, but, like, he was, like, I don't know, he was, like, kind of emotional, kind of crying with his trainer, um, Joel Diaz, and after the fight, like, not in the ring, but, like, in the back, I seen it on YouTube, like, he was saying that how, you know, he finally accomplished his dream of being, like, uh, like an official title holder. But he didn't, though. Like, that's not an official belt. I kind of hate that. Like, doesn't that kind of get on you guys' nerves? And, and like, doesn't it kind of bother you guys when when a guy says that how he's, like, I don't know, a two-weight division champion, but he didn't win, like, an official belt? Like, that's so annoying. Uh, I guess. I don't that, – that stuff doesn't really bother me all that much. I mean, look, Keith Thurman doesn't fight enough. I, I'd rather have a guy getting a regular belt. Uh, this is why you elevate certain guys. When, when you are a unified champion – you may not be able to make all the mandatory defenses. I I think it's a small thing. I just I just want to see Matisse say in some real fights and let the natural course take place. Anyway, thank you for the call. Three four seven two one five 
7598. Gabe, who's next? It, it kind of bugs me. Uh, <laughs> 714, uh, you're live on the next round, but not, not a whole lot. 714? Or not. Uh, 805, you're live on the next round. 805. Hey, what's up, guys? Nacho, talk to us. What's up, Um, Nacho? uh, uh, um, As far as the fights this weekend, uh, I was there, Steve, and uh, I actually enjoyed the stuff that was off TV. Uh, People are just bashing the card because they didn't get to see the stuff that was off TV. I wish Golden Boy would have promoted the fact that they were streaming that stuff on Ring TV because... Some of the off TV fights were actually better than the HBO stuff they put on, and uh, yeah. it was entertaining. It was entertaining uh, seeing the the off TV part. Um, I feel bad for that Nava kid who just got wrecked by uh, Joel Diaz's uh, uh, prospect. Did you see that fight, Steve? No, wasn't that Fernando Vargas's prospect Esparza who won that fight? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was uh, Javier Martinez was his name. And, uh, oh, okay, Joel okay, Diaz okay. Was, Joel Diaz was in his corner. So, but yeah, he 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 just totally beat him down, and. It, and it you was, watched uh, on Ring TV. No, I was actually there at the fight game. Oh, oh I went gotcha, to the actual gotcha. fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, as far as uh, Linares, uh, you know, he did what he had to do. I mean, he he basically did his best against guess uh, Hesta. Uh, but to be honest, Hesta to me just showed up like looked like a guy who just showed up, knowing that he had no chance of winning that fight, and he, you know he showed up just to collect a paycheck. So hopefully, just smaller. Linares, yeah, exactly. He, he was a lot smaller, and he Linares hit him with everything, and he just ate it and took it. But he didn't really do anything as far as trying to like hurt Linares. Linares was too slick and was able to you know move around, and he never cut off the ring and. He just basically embarrassed him. Hopefully, Linares does get a big fight next. I wouldn't mind seeing Lomachenko, but I don't know. I have my doubts about Top Rank and Golden Boy really working together. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see if that fight happens. Um, as far as the Matisse fight, God, that was dreadful for six rounds. And, yeah, everybody where I was sitting at, because I was in the uh, lower level section close to the ring, it, they were literally booing and talking shit the whole time that uh, Matisse <laughs> just wouldn't Matisse just wouldn't put uh, put his uh, pedal to the metal and hit this guy. It literally looked like a glorified sparring session for six rounds until he finally started trying to hit him in seven and then finally got him out of there in eight. And, like, just watching that uh, replay and watching how he knocked him out, I still don't understand how in the hell that's a legitimate knockout. Like, Kiram didn't look hurt to me at all. Like, it just looked like he just decided, like, he didn't want any part of Matisse after that and just said, ah, I'm just going to, you know, uh, weasel my way out of this fight. Uh, Hopefully Matisse does get a better opponent. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like Francisco Santana because I think that's the level of opponent that he needs right now because I do think that he's not ready for the guys that are on the PBC side. So I think Francisco Santana would answer a lot more questions about what he really has left. Um, as far as the uh, the and Usyk fight, I watched that um, yesterday. Um, I thought Usyk did a good enough job, but I don't know. I think he dances too much, Steve. Like he doesn't tend to sit 
down too much on his punches. He's getting better every fight, but he still tends to fight very amateurish. He throws a lot of jabs and a lot of lefts and, and hooks, but it never seems like they have full steam on him. It just seems like he, he sits long enough to get throw the punch, and then he starts moving. And I just hope that at some point he finally realizes that he's going to have to sit down on his punches if he wants to get some of these guys out of there. Yeah, he's still evolving. Again, I think he's better than he was when he first came when he fought that South African on HBO, I think December of 2016. But he's only 14 yeah. fights in. And so, you know, keep that in mind, you know. Yeah. And um, as far as uh, Keith sometime Thurman, uh, as uh, Errol Spence likes to call him, uh, I'm still I'm baffled at how this guy gets so much respect from people after having won a 12-round decision over another, another guy who had a belt but isn't considered a great welterweight in Danny Garcia. And now all of a sudden he's talking about he needs two tune-ups after having sat out more than a year. Like, that's unbelievable to me. I mean, what the hell, like, this is the problem when you allow guys to unify and then the guy who wins is allowed to hold belts hostage. It's like, come on, like at some point you have to get in the ring and fight. Like you can't just sit on your title and uh, milk it for all it's worth and not actually get in the ring at some point. Um, I, I, I don't understand what's going on there, but something tells me he's going to get a, a very easy, uh, you know, opponent coming up, probably somebody like Sammy Vasquez. I wouldn't be surprised if he got. And um, when they announced the uh, fights earlier today, Phil Greco, I had read about him last week. He was actually the, the leading guy all along to get that fight. And apparently he told Eddie Hearn that he wouldn't take the fight originally unless it was a 154-pound fight. But apparently they must have sweetened the pot enough to get him to go down to welterweight for, for Khan because he said that there wasn't enough money on the original offer. But since the fight was made today, then I guess they must have thrown some more money at him for him to take the fight. Uh, and lastly, the uh, the whole Andre Ward Instagram thing. I don't know, Steve. I, I have a feeling that he is going to fight guys like Tony Bellew and maybe like a guy like Daniel Char. I think Andre Ward is going to try to pull a, a Roy Jones Jr. like he did against uh, John Ruiz where he's going to fight a guy with like a secondary belt, beat him, and then claim that he was a heavyweight champion at one point. Because outside of those kind of guys who are in the 6'2 to 6'4 range, like Povetkin, Char, maybe even Joseph Parker at some point, I don't ever see him getting in the ring with Wilder, Joshua, Fury, guys of that size and stature because they're just too damn big. They're a half a foot taller than him. So I just found it funny that, him and his trainer are trying to act like they're legitimately going to fight Anthony Joshua when I know they have no intention in hell of ever stepping into the ring with a guy that much bigger than them. It would be suicide. Uh, and, yeah, that's all I got, guys. All right, Nacho, thank you for all the right, call. 347-215-7598. Gabe, who's next? Yeah, would, it, would it look like uh, Valuev you know, and uh, the aforementioned Monty Two Guns Barrett? Uh, oh jeez. Uh, I don't know. I'd I'd watch Ward Joshua. Uh let's try nine one seven again. Nine one seven? Oh you're, you're live on the next round. Hey, good evening guys. Good evening. Evening, what's up? How's it going, brother? Uh I called last week. I was the first caller last week actually. I want a chance to redeem myself, I didn't introduce myself. Uh I from Queens, New York. 
Oh, what's up, Eric? How you doing, man? How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the um, Lenora's fight, the HBO uh, boxing <clears throat> show last weekend, this weekend. Um, Lenora's, uh, I don't know, with Lenora's, I've noticed that he, I mean, he has all the, he has, he has all the tools, and he has, like, great skills, but it really depends who's in there with him, because uh, not, not in last week's fight, but the fight before that with Luke Campbell, that, that was dreadful. And, like, you know, it's like he, it's like he <laughs> for real, like, he has all I don't skills, disagree. But... Eric, that's why I want to see him fight a live guy. And if he gets smashed, okay, that's the natural evolution. That is Darwinism. That's exactly. the way I look at it. I'm not, that's listen, exactly. I'm not working here to say, well, we got to have, you know, Golden Boy wants to keep him alive. I have right. no interest in this. I want to make some damn fights. Exactly, exactly. So what I'm saying is I still, uh, like his fight with Anthony Crawler, that that was amazing. That was a good fight. So, again, it really depends who he's in there with, which is why I'd still like to see him in there with a Lomachenko or a Mike Garcia. That'd be real interesting. Um, as far as uh, Matisse, I think he's over with, like, I don't know. I, I can't see him in there with the uh, – You know what he is? He's Peyton Manning in his last year with the Broncos. <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. Yeah, you're right. But um, I figure, but not for nothing. I I think I'd like to see him. No, I'm not gonna say I'd like to see him. I wouldn't have a problem seeing him with with Pacquiao. But I tell you this, I'm definitely not paying old pay per view money to see that shit. <laughs> I really wonder. I mean, look, Crawford Horn. I think 110 out of 100 people are picking Crawford. And, and then yeah. if you go with Pacquiao against. Alvarado, I listen. I know that ESPN is an incredibly big platform. They have a marketing mechanism. Right. I don't know if they, that that would sell that well. I just, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not at all. Uh, and again, I, I, I'd be okay with it if, <laughs> if, if Pacquiao would, would guarantee to fight Crawford afterwards. But again, I I don't want to see Pacquiao go out like that because against Crawford, I it doesn't look good. It doesn't end well. And um. Another thing I wanted to mention. Oh, real quick, I just wanted to get your guys' uh, input on Javante Davis. What do you think about this kid now? Real quick, I I, I think he, he's real explosive, like one of the most exciting fighters out there. But I honestly think that I don't think Mayweather, him being with Mayweather, Mayweather Promotions, is doing him any favors because he's it's like he he's he's a He's gravitating towards that Mayweather way of thinking with the ducking everybody and anyone who's even somewhat of a possible threat. You know, like him against Lomachenko, like, what's the deal with these guys, with these fighters train the thought nowadays? It's like, Jesus Christ, you're in there to compete to see who's the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, Davis has ability. He is a good fighter, talented. But literally the one thing that was really his key marketing point that gave him value was the belt. Couldn't right. even make more than two defenses. You know, lost lost it on the scales with Fonseca. And then he acts like he Floyd Mayweather when when you're really more Jeff. I mean, come on. Who are I mean, you? Literally, it's one thing if you're a draw like a Canelo or an Oscar. Then say, wait a minute. We call shots. We have leverage. Gervonta mm. Davis has basically been a guy fighting on undercards. And, in fact, his first title defense, Mayweather shipped him out to England. So, mm, you know, you're you're not Floyd Mayweather, and that's I, – I really have my doubts that Mayweather Promotions actually has 
the brain power, the intelligence, the know-how to actually make a star. I mean, did you know they had a show this past weekend at some small casino in Vegas? Really? Obviously not televised. There you go. Who's my point? Yeah, who's their best guy? Badu Jackson besides Javante? One guy, one guy who's got actual talent, but they're not putting him out there. And uh, come, I don't even want to talk about Adonis taking against Badu Jackson. He could have been in the run, you know, maybe not for Fighter of the Year last year, but I mean, he had three fights. That Pedraza win is a really nice win. It was a big step up in class, and he he met it. Um, right. And then he loses his his. He lost his belt on the scales, like, yeah. uh, and then and then doesn't fight from August. Now the next he's fighting Tom Bob Anderson, you know, April twenty first. Uh, you know, a location to be determined. Yeah, it's no way to build a star. I I, I really like him. I mean, what's not to like? Nineteen wins, nineteen KOs, exactly. and, and showing that he can stop people at a higher level. You want to see that guy, but uh, it's you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't sign my career over to somebody. Uh, that doesn't have a long track record of building stars. Even if right. he pointed himself and say, Hey, I'm a star. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're an expert. Who's your agent? That's who I want to be with, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah. when he is real quick, guys, you know who he kind of reminds me of? Who would be a nice, they're kind of like, Jab Jeter? Half and, Bro? <laughs> oh. fighting, 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 the like once a year and just avoiding so many people. Uh, him and Gary Russell Jr. I think they should get into it. That's probably yeah. the most inactive fighter there is. Gary yeah. Russell fought once last year, and Steven Espinosa said he's going to be added on. And after this fight, if he wants to keep this WBC featherweight title, he has to fight Joel Diaz. So yeah. there yeah. you go. Oh, God, great so fighter, you Just You guys are just too inactive. And uh, if I have one more minute real quick, uh, you guys, as far as the, the welterweight division, which is, in my opinion, is still the, you know, the deepest division with the most talent in it, but... Um, what's going to happen? I, I just feel real bad for, for someone like Errol Spence with uh, Keith Thurman, a dude like Keith Thurman. I understand, all right, the elbow injury, but at the same time, he's showing a lot of, and, and not too, you know, he's not he's not too enthused about a possibility of fighting Errol Spence. And now he says that Jason, Jesse Vargas might be too too hard of a touch for him coming back, which I, I can respect that. I, I can respect that, but where's the, where's the Keith Thurman from before? You remember Keith Thurman, if you look it up on YouTube, he had videos calling out Paulie Malignaggi, strong, talking real tough with some high energy. Oh, you better not duck me, son. You better not duck me, son. And all he's doing is ducking Errol Spence. And the, the what's the way division? Oh, and then you got Sean Porter, who's just sitting back. He looks like he, he'll wait another year uh, uh, for, uh, for the Thurman rematch. And then Garcia, Garcia's a bum. He's the biggest hype job ever. <laughs> Jeez. Made. Seriously. I'm wow. sorry, but it's true. Wow, he's up there. Jeez. He's up there with Adonis Chickenson. What do you guys think? Hmm. Wow, that's harsh, man. That's yeah, harsh. I mean, there's a, you know why? Because I'm frustrated because there's a whole bunch of TBAs. Showtime is supposed to be they're definitely better than HBO right now. Like you guys said, they're investing in their fighters and everything into the sport of boxing. But goddamn, all those fighters that they have half of them are TBAs. Yeah, why is Danny Garcia fighting Brandon Rios? Why isn't he fighting? Jesus Christ. You know, Sean Porter. Why isn't he fighting? You know, or Keith Thurman, they're, you know, doing building towards something. I, you know, it's all. Yeah, like uh, I said, Garcia Rios, that's a fight that needs a, a hot tub time machine. Uh, that's not <laughs> one of the better offerings on Showtime. Anyway, Eric, thank you for the call. Call in again. Really appreciate it. Uh, we thank have you, 14 more minutes available to us. Gabe, who's next? And that's, that's Joseph Diaz, not Joel Diaz, uh, you Joel yeah. Diaz <laughs> lover. I love that guy. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get enough, apparently. 
Uh, let's see. We're actually almost clearing the boards here. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Actually, no, that would be, uh, I think that is everybody. Wow. Uh, people okay. folded up the tent a little bit early. Hey, what can you say? You know, uh, it was opening weekend. I got to catch some of those undercard fights if I can, if I can. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, we've pretty much run the board here. Yeah, there's all those on list. All right. All right. Cool. At the end of the day, it is what it is. But uh, well, listen, let's remind people. Just to check out Fistianatos, we got to push the Fistianatos with Evan Rutkowski. Uh, it's really cool, different angle. Uh, we've gotten some good reviews. We've already got some nice uh, emails in. But if you like this show, make sure to give it a review on uh, iTunes as well as this show, the next round, or the Leave It in the Ring, which is, I think, coming back later this week with Dave uh, and yet another uh, co host as I'm uh, doing theater that night. So, uh, silence, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. All right, well, listen, that's it for this week's edition of the next round on the Leave It in the Ring radio network. On behalf of David Duenas and Gabe Montoya, this is Steve Kim saying goodbye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.